Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is August 9th, and our reading comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 5. What an important message for us to wrestle with Today, beginning in verse 1, Paul says this, I can hardly believe the report about the sexual immorality going on among you, something that even the pagans don't do. I'm told that a man in your church is living in sin with his stepmother. You're so proud of yourselves, but you should be mourning in sorrow and shame, and you should remove this man from your fellowship. So Paul gets word that there's a man who's having sex with his stepmother, and he is outraged. He confronts the behavior and tells them, put him out of the church. And one of the things that we talk about so often at Definition is the importance of grace and truth, that we want to be a place where people feel like they can experience and receive the grace, the forgiveness, the mercy of God, not only from God, but in community with us. But also, we want to be a place that teaches and preaches the truth. And today, we live in a culture that is obsessed with sex and even sexual immorality. And some want grace, but they reject the truth about sexual purity as taught throughout Scripture. Sex is reserved for a man and a woman in the context of marriage. In every other form of sex, the Bible calls sexual immorality. And so Paul says, listen, we need to put the sexually immoral out of the church. Now, that is strong language. And here's the thing I think we got to be careful about. Our tendency in church world is to attack one form of sexual immorality and to turn a blind eye to the rest. So, for example, it's easy in the evangelical church to attack homosexuality, but then turn a blind eye to heterosexual couples who may be living together sometimes for years. And the truth is, again, any sex outside of the context of marriage between a man and a woman, the Bible would call immoral. And we have got to guard sexual purity. If you remember a few weeks ago when we were studying this big question in the early church about whether new believers had to follow the Old Testament laws and the tradition and the Midrash, and they basically said, no, but what you do need to do is you've got to be sexually pure. I mean, so even then, when they said, we don't have to keep all of the Jewish Old Testament laws, you don't have to be circumcised. But we have to be careful we don't allow immorality to come into the church. Now, why is this so important? Well, Paul answers that question down in verse 6. Watch. He says, don't you realize that this sin is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast by removing this wicked person from among you. Then you'll be like a fresh batch of dough made without yeast which is what you really are. So what Paul says is, if you don't put him out of the church, then his sin 
is going to spread throughout the church. And all of a sudden, you're going to end up in a church culture where everybody feels like, well, we've got grace. That means we can live any way we want, which is an abuse of grace. When we really have an experience with grace, it doesn't produce sin and independence and immorality. When we really understand and receive God's grace, it produces in us a passion to love and to please God and to love and serve each other. And Paul is just saying, if you don't put this guy out of the church, his sin is going to give permission to others to begin living in immorality. Now, here's another question that comes up when we talk about this issue. But what about all those people in our world who are living in sexual immorality that God has called us to reach? Well, that's the next thing Paul addresses. Watch what he says. I love this. Verse 9. He says, when I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin. But I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin or are greedy or who cheat people or who worship idols. You would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. I meant you're not to associate with anyone who claims to be a Christian and yet indulges in sexual sin, or is greedy, or worships idol, or is abusive, or is a drunkard, or cheats people. Don't even eat with such people. It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. God will judge those on the outside. But as the scripture says, you must remove the evil person from among you. So Paul says, I'm not saying don't associate with people in the world who are living in sin that you're trying to reach for Christ. What I am saying is that those in the church who claim to be Christians, if they're going to continue to live in sin, sexual immorality, greed, cheating one another, abusing one another, those people have to be dealt with. And if they aren't willing to change their behavior, if they're not willing to repent and invite Jesus into that situation to do something to change that behavior, they have to be put out of the church. But the people outside of the church, it's really not our job to judge them. It's our job to, to love them and to lead them to Jesus so that he can transform their heart and life. And here's what's true about the church. Our tendency is to judge the world, but not judge the church. In other words, our tendency is to shout about what's happening out there and overlook what is happening in here. So Paul would say we've got to be careful that we're not attacking the sin out there and not addressing the sin in the church and the sin in our hearts. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7. First, let's get the log out of our own eye. Then we'll be able to see clearly to deal with the speck in our brother's eyes. So holiness, purity, is very, very important. And if we overlook it, it infects the whole church. But we're not really talking about outsiders. They don't know Jesus. They can't help but live in independence and immorality. We're primarily focused on the people in the church. We need to live in holiness, and that doesn't just apply 
to sexual immorality. It certainly applies to greed and materialism. It certainly applies to power and abuse. It applies to cheating. And so all of that, he's addressing all of those things. Why does that matter? Because the world needs to see the difference that when the church, when the followers of Jesus are following him and living by these kingdom principles, that our lives and our relationships flourish and it becomes a powerful witness to the world. But if the world looks in the church and they see the same thing in the church that they experience in the world, then they write us off as just religious fanatics because they don't get to see the difference that Jesus makes. And this is why holiness is so important. So how do we get there? Remember, grace truth, and time. Grace, truth, and time. So we've got to help people to experience God's grace, undeserved favor, forgiveness, a relationship with God, and to learn to be with Jesus. Secondly, they need the truth. That's why a podcast like this is so important. That's why getting in the Word every day is so important, is we're bringing the truth of God's Word into our hearts, and we're bringing our lives and our thinking into submission to God's word, to the truth. And then we need time. We got to realize that this journey we're on out of sin and into holiness and freedom, well, it takes a little time. I mean, just look at my life. Look at your life. Look back at how far God has brought you and how slow the process was, right? And so we've got to help other people take that journey. Well, man, I hope that makes sense. Let me pray for you. Father, Thank you so much for Jesus. We're so grateful that our sin is forgiven, but not just forgiven. The power of sin is broken in our lives. And as we spend time with you, you're healing our hearts and changing our behavior, leading us into freedom and holiness and obedience. God, we want to be a holy church. And Lord, we pray that the holiness the transformation we've experienced, that would become the yeast that produces holiness and transformation in the lives of others in our church rather than sin. And God, I pray that you would help us to be more focused on what you're trying to do in us than what the devil is doing out in the world. It's so easy to get on our high horse and to scream and shout judgment at the world. When the truth is, God so loved the world that you gave your only begotten son. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to realize they're the target. And as we introduce them to grace and the truth, that over time, just like you've done with us, you can transform their heart and lives. God, help us to do that well as a church and with each other. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, hope that helps. Man, remember. Before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.